This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. And uh, Charlie, I've uh, continued a tradition by taking a drink just as I was about to say my name. <laughs> Great. Awesome. I noticed that. I feel like this, this show, as we get closer to 300, we're bringing back some old tropes. Yeah. In, in fact, we're bringing back uh, some old merchandise, as people pointed out yes. to me on Twitter <laughs> when we launched our new Everyone Relax range. Because after last week, it turns out we've discovered something about this podcast, Charlie. The best way for us to have business meetings and get anything achieved is just say them on the podcast and then hope that other people will pick up that ball and start running with it. And James Fosdyke in particular has done that in this last week. And uh, many of our ideas for merchandise have been tested and made into merch and we have a whole new range of everyone relax merch and a whole bunch of other stuff on James's Redbubble page. And uh, then I got a whole lot of Twitter messages from people going, don't you dickheads remember that you didn't everyone relax t-shirt, you know, way back in the day, I own one. And I was like, yes, we do remember that. But this is like a, this is like, you know, when a show does sort of like a soft internal reboot, we're trying to get our shit together. Yes. Yeah. The first 10 years were practice yeah. and the next 10 years we're going to be good at this. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's our brand. It's like if you see a Batman logo T-shirt or a Ghostbusters logo T-shirt, you don't like complain that they brought up Done that it. famous logo back. You're like, oh yeah, boo! Done it. You're using we the have, same logo, boo! We have so little to hang our hat on. Don't like Seamus. Don't merch Seamus. Yeah, exactly. You cucks. <laughs> you cucks ruining <laughs> my everyone relax T-shirt that I had with your modern interpretation of everyone relax. I do feel like having that meeting on air is a good way to. To that's that uses shame positively. That does shame us into taking action because we're accountable. All of a sudden, the ideas are out there. I mean, we generate a billion ideas on this show, but this was one that we were like, okay, we're going to put it out to market. So we had to actually come up with something. But you're right, Foz was right on top of it. Like he emailed. I went through that email chain. He sent us twenty emails in the space of three days, just saying, "This is a new design. What do you think of this?" Saying, "Bang, bang, bang," and it was great because all we had to say was yes or no. And, and then occasionally get it wrong and go back on the decisions we've made. But it was like a proper process. Like we got sent designs yeah. and we approved designs and then we saw them on t-shirts and we're like, oh, actually, I'm not sure that I like that design as much. And we're, we really tossed around what were the best ideas. We, it felt, Charlie, like we were in actual business doing things in an actually professional <laughs> business way. It was a very unusual God. feeling for this podcast. Uh, thank you to the person online who suggested another great one, which was Asterix Copyright Tofop, because... I think that you're absolutely right, Charlie, in that this is, an, this is a podcast that goes for quantity of ideas well over following through on any of those ideas. And traditionally, when we have tried to follow through on those ideas, like the fax machine, they've ended terribly. But you know what? 
2020 mm. is going to be a whole new time for this podcast. It is going to be 10 fop. Mm. We're going to get our shit together and we are going to get out there and we are going to just dominate the world. After 10 years of being podcast Rudy sitting on the bench just to make the other podcasts feel better. It's time to send us in, coach. We're ready to play in the bigs. I mean, I know you're talking about like NFL player Rudy, but I thought you meant Rudy from Facts of Life. Which I'm like, okay, I guess we're the Rudy from Facts of Life. Was there a Rudy on the Cosby show as well? I mean, there was one Rudy. Well, maybe one, it's one big particular Rudy. <laughs> one, one alleged and convicted Rudy. Yeah. Uh, I think the key to it is, is we handball to someone else. Like we're the, uh, we're the ideas factory. We generate the idea, but then we give the actual, um, uh, 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 the, the execution of the idea to someone far more capable and smarter and driven. So James took the reins and he just was like, I'm going to, these guys, if I leave that to them, nothing will happen. So I'm just going to get started and get them to sign off on things. Yes or no. And I think that's kind of what we need to happen with all our ideas. So next time we have an idea for a TV show like the, I mean, I have been thinking a lot about your Blue Healers reboot and I'm like, that is a fantastic idea like that is definitely something that we need to copyright we've got to stop calling it a blue healers reboot we've got to pretend that it never had anything to do with blue healers because they're not going to let us mess with blue healers and we're going to have to pretend at some stage this is a completely original idea that did not come up with us coming up with a reboot of blue healers so um but that's like you know we'll call it small town small town sicario aussie small town sicario don't say sicario either we can't get the rights to sicario (laughs) It's a completely original idea that definitely isn't just taking the TV show Blue Healers from Australia and the popular Netflix series Sicario and just bashing them together. <laughs> All right, so it's um, uh, not Breaking Bad, we'll call it. <laughs> breaking Good. It's a completely original <laughs> idea. It's about, a, it's about a high school chemistry teacher who suddenly starts selling meth, but it actually all works out really well. He becomes really rich and famous and his cancer goes away. So it's just a real uh, positive take on Breaking Bad. Or do we just follow it like in the exact reverse order where it's about a drug kingpin who finishes a series as a high school school chemistry professor? He gets a cancer diagnosis and he decides that he wants to teach chemistry at high school. Breaking good. Copyright Breaking good. (laughs) Now, Will, uh, you've caught me on a bad day. I've uh, yes. I've just uh, uh, left a, uh, an, a huge fight with my neighbours. Well, my neighbour. Um, just a bit of background on this. I'm not sure how much I've revealed over the years uh, about the issues I've had with my neighbours since we've lived in this building. Um, but they are a uh, they're either middle aged housemates or a loveless married couple. <laughs> I can't work out what the dynamic of the relationship is. Middle-aged couple. Well, I mean, they're essentially, is... essentially the same thing you've described. It's like yeah, if, you're a yeah. love, now, if you're in a loveless marriage, you're also just essentially middle-aged housemates. Yeah, middle-aged housemates. <laughs> uh, she is kind of like an incredibly volatile um, uh, woman and he is a, a, a passive-aggressive quiet talker. So it's, it's a real combo. Like when you're dealing with them, you now... Um, over they're the like course, a, they're like the a Nirvana years. song as a relationship. Quiet, 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 <laughs> yeah, loud, they loud, are. loud, loud, quiet, loud. Exactly. I should call them the Pixies. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now, over over time, um, the guy, our relationship has gotten better. Like it started off, it was quite sort of like uh, there's a lot of animosity, but I think he's sort of he's warmed to us. And like we, from the moment we moved in, have bent over backwards to be good neighbours. Like you know, we uh, when we arrived, we sort of visited. We dropped off a bottle of wine and some chocolates to say sorry about the inconvenience when you know the the, the removalists are here and all this kind of stuff and. Nothing really. They they were just determined from the word go to not like us. They used to live in the apartment underneath us and run the shop on the bottom floor. Um, but after a year of living underneath us and constant sort of bickering, they decided to move out, which we were like, fantastic. You know, great. We'll only ever see them now during business hours because now all they do is run the shop. But it turns out they're in that fucking shop all the time. So... The core of their issues tend to be around noise. So when they were our neighbors living underneath us, um, the very first complaint was like the night we moved in because we were playing some, it was just after David Bowie died. So we are playing some Bowie as we're unpacking, not at an obscenely loud level, just at a normal listening level. They came and knocked on the door and said, you know, that's a bit loud. Could you turn it down? We're like, oh, okay, sorry about that. We turned it down. Hey, and then a few I days later. Like, Fuck you. One of the world's greatest artists, a man who was too good for this fucking planet, has died. And the fact that you are not in... The only reason you can get me to turn down my Bowie is because it's drowning out your Bowie that you're playing in your apartment at the same time. <laughs> and you know what? Let's just get one of us to turn ours off and the other one to turn it up and we can share mourning one of the great fucking geniuses of all time. Fuck you. There is no... What are you doing that's more important than mourning the death of one of the world's greatest angels? Well, the funny thing is the guy, he's the one who knocked on the door. He actually opened with, hey, look, I'm just a bigger Bowie fan as anyone, but, you know, could you turn that down? And in my head, I'm looking at this little nerd and I'm like, you are not a Bowie fan at all. <laughs> at all. I'm not buying that for a second. So that was the first, that was the first shot fire, which we should have realized then this is, this is, they were setting the template. They were dictating the terms of this relationship. Then about. I don't know, maybe a week later, we had uh, a friend around on a Friday night. It was probably about 9 p.m. on a Friday. One friend, again, listening to music at a normal level, a couple of drinks, nothing raucous. And there's a knock on the door. She's like, hey, uh, I have to work in the store in the morning. Would you mind keeping it down? And again, I was like, okay, shit, like maybe it's a bit louder than, you know, we haven't lived in an apartment, an old building like this before. What time of the night is this? Oh, like getting between nine and 10. It wasn't late at all. Okay. And it was a Friday night, right? So then a few days later, um, Jem's asleep on the couch and I'm watching a documentary, like a documentary. So primarily composed of voiceover. And there's a knock on the door again, 9 p.m. on a Sunday night. And she's like, your TV is really loud. And I'm like, are you, are you serious? Like, this is the third time you've complained in, in like, in two weeks and she's like well my bedroom is right underneath you know so I, I can hear everything on the tv so i was like okay so this that was the mistake because i kind of accommodated them those first three times then it became yeah. carte blanche where anytime so you know uh, gemini would often work late in the office and so you know would he like that the old broomstick on the roof dum, 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 you know if we're walking around at night even though we're you know trying to run a business from our apartment all this kind of stuff anyway I think this is a story I have told before on the podcast, but the tearing point was we had a friend come stay uh, in our place while we were away. And uh, after a first few days, he called me and said, hey man, like I've met your neighbors. They're, they're kind of a bit odd, aren't they? And I was like, yeah, yeah, just, you know, do your best to ignore them. I'll deal with it when I get back. And he said, well, 
It's a bit strange. It's gone, me and my girlfriend, we went for breakfast in the morning and one of them sort of followed us into the cafe and was kind of like grilling us on, you know, who we are and why we're staying at the apartment and stuff. And so I sort of just told her to fuck off. And I said, okay, that's good. But just <laughs> don't get involved. <laughs> Leave it with me. And so he calls me again the next day and he's like, look, it's getting worse. Like they're, now they're not, she's knocked on the back door three or four times. And I said, what's going on? I said, have you been having parties? He's like, no, no. And then he's kind of sheepish. And he said, look, here's what happened. is gone Friday night. We got home from a show. We were a bit drunk and we had sex. And it was probably loud. And I think that's what kind of, you know, annoyed them. And so she was dancing around telling me that's what she's complaining about. But I think that's what I was complaining about. And he's like, I'm really sorry. And I was like, no, don't fucking like apologize. That's fine. Like that, the issue, you're not the weird one in this situation, right? Like I, I so love I the him, fact that the response to hearing like two people fucking is to follow those people in a cafe and start questioning them about why they're there. Like, do you need yeah. more background for your fantasy? Is that what's going on? You can't quite get off to the sound of them fucking unless you actually know some of their backstory. How'd you guys meet, for example? Would you describe one of you as a top or a bottom? Just let me know. Yeah, like, is one of you? Yeah. Uh, one is one of you like a stepbrother or a stepsister? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's just, where porn's going these days. Yeah. So just. Yeah. Any chance one of you guys is a real estate agent? Anyway, just <laughs> just check just checking, guys. So I say to him, look. Don't worry about it. I'll deal with it when I get back. So Gem and I get back from our trip. And as we're unpacking, I hear a knock on the door. And I know exactly who it is. And so it's both of them. And I can sort of see the little passive-aggressive guys just sitting there kind of fuming. And she's sort of standing there with her arms folded. And I'm like, hey, you know, is everything okay? And I know exactly what they're, they're there for. But I don't want to give them, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give them the, 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 uh, the advantage. And so I, I, I sort of just play dumb. And she's like, well, your friend was having a party while, uh, while you're away. And I was like, really? I said, I spoke to him. He didn't say he had a party. And she was like, he was. He kept us up on Friday night and then Saturday night. And he was very rude. And I was like, oh, I said, that's weird. Because, you know, no one else had spoken to the other neighbors. No one else mentioned a party. And then I just sort of let them go on and go on. And then finally, the little passive aggressive guy couldn't take it anymore. And he just blurts out, they were bonking up there for four hours. Oh, I mean, firstly, congratulations to your friend. This is almost like, no, no. This is almost like a Younger story girlfriend. your friend would plant. Like your friend's made an arrangement with these neighbors who he knows that you have this long-standing sort of feud over them being able to hear through. And he, just to impress you in like an elaborate prank, has paid off those downstairs neighbors because he knows it's a believable story to come up and complain about the fact that they had sex for longer than Martin Scorsese made the Irishman. <laughs> So I just burst out laughing when I hear that. And I'm like, oh, you know, half their luck. And he's like, it's not funny. I'm like, well, it's a little bit it's funny. funny. Said, but what's funnier? Is what world do you live in where that's not funny? That's really funny. <laughs> I was like, it's a bit weird though. I said, they weren't. So I said, so two adults were having sex in a, in a bedroom in your neighbor's flat. I said, they weren't having sex outside your front door. They weren't even having sex near an open window near mm. you. So what gives you the right to come yeah. and complain about that. And they're like, I don't think it's against well, the law to have loud sex, is it? <laughs> no, pretty sure it's not. And also, like, as you said earlier, I would be mortified. Like, I have lived next to neighbours who have had loud sex, and not once have I ever thought, this is something I'm going to go complain about. And I'm a dude who, as you know, leans out the window and yells at t teenagers partying, but I would never, ever let anyone else know that I heard them having sex. 
Well, I mean, the worst that you could possibly go to in a hotel room or something, because that's, I don't think I've ever had it in a real life scenario, but I've had it like, um, you know, obviously in hotel rooms that I've stayed at over the years, you know, occasionally it happened. Like even just like a little tap on the wall, just a little sort of knock, knock, knock that just yeah. lets them know. It's not me demanding that you have to stop, but it's letting me know that there's certainly a person in the next room who can hear what's going on. And now you can make your own decisions about what you want to do with that information. You can either quiet down a little bit or go about your business and I'll turn up the tally. <laughs> but how is the narcissism of the idea that two other people are having sex, right? Or they're, you know, they want to have sex. Mm. And what you're essentially saying to them is before you guys engage in this intimate act between two people, I want you to think about me. <laughs> Like, that is essentially what you're asking is like, I know that you, uh, you, you're full of passion and love for this person. Maybe you want to like, you know, get as close as you possibly can. But before you do, just think about me, the weird old lady next door. I mean, look, you've got to be considerate when you live in an apartment block. I get that. That's a, a yeah. thing that I understand. And, you know, like I even understand the idea of, um, you know, people, if they have to work early in the morning, maybe nine o'clock, 10 o'clock starts to get a little late, you know, maybe, you know, I think there's probably an argument that around nine o'clock on a weeknight, you can probably reasonably expect weeknight. that your neighbours are going to be quiet. But we had this at, at at my house one time in Sydney where we came back from our friend Mary Lou's party and we went back to our house and yeah, it was, it was after midnight, no doubt about that. And there was a few people in the backyard, but the music was only in the house. The back was open. There was a few people around, no doubt. But it was Saturday night and we don't regularly have those sort of parties. And that's just the sort of thing that I would ordinarily, if you're a neighbor, you'd be like, ah, it's annoying that our neighbors are having a party. Yeah. But you'd be like, it's it doesn't happen that often. You know, they would allow the same for us. You know, they don't complain when we have a one-off party or anything like that. You know, this is just, it is what mm -hmm. it is. And if you want to tell them to be a bit more quiet, we'll all move back inside, which we did. But our neighbor yeah. that day was like, I have to work early in the morning. Now, I'm a person who works unusual hours and unusual days. And I think that those rules, it, I don't care, mate, if you have to work at five o'clock on a Sunday morning, Saturday night is the night where you're allowed to do this. Regardless of what your work hours are, we've decided as a society, because I've had plenty of times where mm. I have to get up early on a Sunday or a, or a Tuesday or whatever the fuck it is, you know, where you're just like, yeah, this doesn't suit my lifestyle, but I'm happy to abide with the laws of society. Society's rules. Right. It's Saturday <laughs> night and kids are allowed to be loud on the street on a Saturday night. I'm fine with that. And then after midnight, yeah, you it, can tell them to shush it. Well, our, like our old neighbours, they were uh, parents of two young boys. And that was when Gemma and I were a bit younger. And so partying was, probably was more regular. And because we had a house, we often were the place that people would come back to once the pubs closed. And we never had one issue with them because the unspoken agreement was that your kids are going to wake us up early in the morning, running their toys up and down the hallway. But occasionally on a Saturday night, we're going to bring a group of people back. And we never had an angry word, never even had to be discussed. It was just accepted. You've got a family home next to a party home. And so these two things are occasionally going to like bleed over each other. But we were entirely civil with each other. Like it was, we had a great relationship. But these neighbors had just decided it was, the weird thing is too, it's like they, they were just renting one apartment, but they're acting as if they owned the entire building. If the, if it was the landlord, for example, like if we were renting right. from the landlord, okay, maybe that's a different story. Like he gets to set the rules, but 
you have just because you're here earlier, we're paying the same amount of rent, I imagine. Like we have equal stake in this building. You don't get to set the terms just because you've been here longer. It doesn't work like that, especially when you're being so unreasonable. Because, Will, I haven't even got into the dog issues that they had. So there is a tree out on the footpath. Because Junior would be up fucking for four hours a night. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) There's a tree on the nature strip, which is a council tree, right? Right. And so when I'd take Junior down for a wee, closest tree, he would run out of the gate and he got to that tree and he'd pee on the tree. So one day uh, she comes out and she's like, "Um, hey, can you just, Ask your dog not, can you stop your dog, not ask, can you stop your dog from peeing on the tree? And I was like, I can't stop him, but you know what? I'll ask I'll ask ask him what he decides is up to him, but I assure you, I'll I'll, I'll run it by him. And so I, I sort of was a bit puzzled and I was like, okay, so you don't want him to wee on the tree. I said, but there's no other, like, there's no other plant life around here like it's a you know we just live in a in an urban area he's like if he's not paying on the tree he's going to be paying on the side of the building and i imagine that would be worse that's going to smell worse at least he's paying somewhere where the pee will get absorbed but she was like no but if he pees other dogs are going to smell the pee then they'll start peeing and i'm like do you think that's not already happening like do you think somehow like you've made an agreement with the neighborhood dogs that it's just it's just my dog so anyway yeah well firstly, i just ignored that i, I said made an agreement i said in society that dogs can pee <laughs> If it's grass <laughs> and it's out in public, dogs can pee on it. Calm down, steady oh. down on any other fucking arrangement. If it's out in public and it's fucking grass, we have we have decided not as a society, even, dogs can piss on it. Not even her tree. Like again, she doesn't own the tree. Like I pay my rates. It's a public I own tree. just as much as that tree. She does. It's a public tree. Like I could understand if it was her front yard or something. Yeah, but she of was like, no, he can't can't piss on the tree so yeah. i said to her look how about i said i'll do my best i said but i walk him off the lead and so if he's i can't i can't guarantee that he won't so of course i just let him pee whenever he wanted i come downstairs one day she's got her husband slash flatmate to have built a fence around the tree so no dogs <laughs> can get to the tree they are you even legally like- allowed to build a fence on public property can I just go out and build a fence around whatever thing in public that I want to? I think that's against the law, surely. It was weird. She actually started up a chant around the neighborhood, yeah. build the build wall. wall. <laughs> build the wall. Got to keep the dogs out. And the dogs are going to pay for it. Dogs coming here, having sex for four hours at night. So that kind of was like... That was the last straw for me. And I just said, that was the first time I ever really kind of was like, you're fucking insane. Like I said, you've got to understand this is an apartment building and you live in a wider community. Like not everything is on your terms. And they used to just get me so angry. Jen was much better at dealing with it. She was just very good at very, very diplomatic. You know, we just hear them out. Okay, sure. We'll do our best, but not engage really. Whereas for some reason, always just got my back up. Anyway, after the friend having sex incident, they uh, they were like, we're going to move out. And I'm like, yeah, fucking good. Move out. You're obviously unhappy here. See you later. Fuck off. So they moved out and I thought that was the end of the troubles. But they still come to work at this little building. Anyway, over the last couple of years, things have actually been 
pretty good, you know, like, you know, uh, they made up with Junior. Like I said, my relationship with the housemate slash husband has got a lot better we, to the point where we'll chat and all this kind of stuff. And here's the sort of caveat where I feel bad because I think clearly she has some kind of mental issues. Now, I'm not sure what it is. I wouldn't, I'm not a ment ment mental health professional, but clearly she suffers from some kind of anxiety or something where she gets triggered and has an inability to see things from someone else's point of view and is e is easily kind of blown up. And good people can, so I, you know, people who, who are otherwise considered to be good and reasonable people can have that aspect of their, you know, mental, you know, makeup yeah. that makes it impossible for them in those moments to think rationally and behave rationally. And yes, like it's nice of you to kind of walk a mile in her shoes and try to understand that it might not just be that she's some terrible person. She might actually be afflicted by and as disturbed by when she flies off the handle like that as anybody else is. Yeah. And, and like the thing is that we, you know, Jeremy and I travel quite a bit. So we often have people come in the house sit or they will, they would mind junior or whatever. And it was actually becoming an issue because she would come and harass them. You know, like they would arrive and then she would have an issue with who are these people, again, as if she owned the building, coming back and forth. And I'd always have again, to remind her. none of your her fucking business. None of your business. I pay my rent. Whoever wants to stay here, they get to stay here. And If the landlord has an issue you. with it, then it's a different issue. But you're not the fucking landlord. Exactly. Exactly. So everything had been quiet for quite a while. And then... um you know, because Junior was sick for that period of time, you know, there was a couple of stains on the carpet and stuff and with the baby, we just wanted to make sure the house got a nice clean. So um, I booked some carpet cleaners to come today and I went and spoke to her husband slash housemate about a week ago. And I said, hey, mate, like, uh, you know, on Thursday, we're going to get the carpets clean. It's going to take about half an hour. Um, now, the thing is, the carpet cleaners need to get access to a tap because we've got to run water up, you know, to our apartment. And the only external tap they can access is from the bottom level where their shop is and so I spoke to him about it and you know six months ago we had the carpets cleaned no problem they went and plugged the hose in it was all fine only takes about half an hour anyway I spoke to him a week ago and in retrospect it was a telling comment which I should have investigated further but I didn't I said to him is it cool on Thursday 11 o'clock get the carpets cleaned and he was like yeah it's fine I'm not going to be here anyway and I was like Okay, cool. Assuming that was like, that means it's fine. Anyway, so this morning. What he meant was it's her. fine for me because I'm not going to be here anyway. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I didn't read it. I didn't read that into it. <laughs> so this morning I see her opening up the shop. What he really so meant was, in good luck I'm... to you, sir. <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is your problem today. Yeah. I'll be away. I I should have noticed he had like one way, like <laughs> one way plane tickets in his bag. He was getting the fuck out of Dodge. So I see her opening the shop up and I go in and I just say, hey, uh, just to let you know, carpet cleaner's coming. I'll be here about half an hour. We just need to access the tap outside. Again, not her tap, building's tap. It just happens to be like in the courtyard for her shop. Uh, and she's like, no. Nah. It's not going to work for me. And I was like, I'm sorry. And she's like, no, no, you can't today because I've got, um, you know, someone else coming in to work and the noise is going to, oh, this, so this is the thing that we worked out about her. If, if she has like a reverse X-Men power, so not an X-Men power, but an X-Men weakness, her thing is she's super sensitive to sound. Like this is what we worked out is that, um, you know, she complained about the Bowie, she complained about the documentary, she complained about 
us talking quietly with one friend. Our other, our new neighbours, the ones who live in the apartment below us, not above their shop. I saw one day one of them, and they're lovely, by the way, our other neighbours. One of them was on a break from work. He was home having lunch and he was on his own balcony on the phone, like out in the balcony with a cup of tea on the phone to a friend, just talking normally like this level. And I watched this from my balcony. I see her come out, like stand with her hands on her hips and look up at him and start like gesturing. And he goes, oh, hang on, mate. And he looks down at her and she's like, do you have to talk so loud? I'm trying to have my lunch down there. And all I can hear is you, blah, 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 blah. And he had never dealt with any of this. He didn't really, they were new. And he was just, he, he was one of those things where he didn't know how to respond. So he just kind of went back to his call as if like, what is that? <laughs> like that's, It's such, such an illogical kind of thing to yell out at someone. Um, so that's her thing, right? She's super sensitive to sound. So when I say we're getting the carpets clean, she's like, it's going to be really loud and, you know, um, uh, and I've got well, stuff in it. Here's today. what I will say is the good news, Charlie. All these grievances that you have, grievances, grievances, all these grievances <laughs> that you have with her, if she does indeed have a super strong hearing, she's probably listening to you complain right now. She's probably hearing oh. your side of the podcast through her super hearing and you're going to get in heaps of trouble and I'm going to be fine because she can't hear me or unless her hearing is so good, she can hear through your headphones what I'm saying as well. It, it must be super hearing because that night that she blew up at me about my friend having sex because I was laughing at them. And I, I even think I said to them at that time, I said, look, you know, I would maybe take this complaint more seriously if it was the first one. But I said, you've complained about everything. Like, we can't even open our fridge without you complaining about the sound. So, you know, you forgive, forgive me if I'm not going to take this seriously. And I said, and besides, you keep coming and knocking on our door. I said, it's harassment. And I said, if you do it again, I'm going to call the cops. And so she screams and she storms off downstairs and she slams her door. So I go back into the bedroom just to tell Jem what happened. And as we're talking, we start hearing, like very faintly from the apartment downstairs, like, ah, 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 ah. And it's obviously her trying to like mock us or show us how loud our friend was being but you know what wasn't that loud <laughs> completely normal level of sound could have gone to sleep with that sound and that was her trying to be loud yeah it's like a like a dolphin call or something it's relaxing <laughs> yeah it was i meditated to it yeah exactly for four hours well, I don't want to scare you, but we need to take a break from the show to ah! talk about something oh, sorry. very, sorry. very you just, serious. You just really scared me. Sorry. I know you didn't want to, but you absolutely terrified me just then. Are you aware ah! that sorry, the holidays so are already today. here? I'm so sorry. Hang on. What's going on? The holidays. They're already here. They're behind you. They are. They're behind me. Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm terrified about the fact that the holidays are here. They're behind you, they're in front of you, they're all around you. But guess what? There's a saviour. You might say a dark knight. It's the hero that you deserve, not the one you're owed. Or what's that? How's that? I can never understand that phrase. How's it go? The hero the city needs, but not the one it deserves or something like that? Look, yes. It's the hero that a city needs, not the one. Isn't yeah. the one that it needs also the one that it deserves, though? It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Well, let's just say in this case, you've got the hero you need and the one you deserve, because that is... Of movement watches. All in all in one. Both heroes that need and deserve in one. A two-for-one hero. They've got you covered this season. They've got hundreds of watches, Will. They've got blue light glasses. They've got sunnies. They've got jewelry. They've got styles that you can choose from up the wazoo. You can stuff your stockings. You can impress your family. You can wow your partners and treat yourself because... 
we know you love dressing up. Oh man, if there's one <laughs> thing that you know about me, it is that I love dressing up and that my wazoo needs to be filled up completely. <laughs> well, the best thing about all this is that uh, movement make it really easy for you. If you're a if you're a lazy gift shopper, they've got beautiful curated gift boxes. They've got his and her gift guides, and it's free and quick shipping right to your door, just in time for aforementioned holidays. Oh, okay. Do you mean uh, a for? Oh no, aforementioned. Uh, aforementioned. 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 <laughs> a fermented holiday. <laughs> Uh, you can get anything you want from these guys that they have. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hang on. I realized as I was saying that, that sentence, you can get I was really... Anything that you want from these guys, as long as it's something that they have. Like, they won't actually yeah. go out and buy you gifts from other companies on your behalf. That is not the service they offer. You, they will only send you things that they already sell. What I should have like narrowed it down to in terms of uh, accessories, sunglasses and watches, if you like those particular things, and Movement is the company for you. I have a Black Rose watch, Will. It's my fancy watch. We've talked about this before. But when I want to dress up, because you know I love dressing up, I put on my Black Rose watch. In fact, this is uh, it's the awards season in Australia. There's a lot of things going on. I might put on my fancy three-piece suit and put on my Black Rose Movement watch to complete the look. I mean, this is at least a little bit more accurate because you might actually do that. I was lying before when I said that I like dressing up. You know that the thing that I hate more than anything else in the world is dressing up. And even though it is award season in Australia, I believe, in fact, an awards either happened today or tomorrow or yesterday, depending on when we're recording this, that I was actually meant to be <laughs> at. But the reason I didn't go is I don't like dressing up. Well, I was meant to be at an awards show as well, but I couldn't go because I have a baby. A baby. So I've put my watch on and I'm sticking it in her face and I'm saying, look, just because you're not letting me go to an awards show doesn't stop me from wearing my movement watch, baby. Look at this. <laughs> the best thing about movement watches, Will, is they start at just $95. They've got clean design, minimal, and they're really quality products. And guess what? Movement has sold over 2 million watches in over 160 goddamn countries. Well, you know, some of those countries aren't goddamned. I imagine. There's probably some quite nice countries that they sell watches in. Like, I'm going to say... Well, I didn't mean literally, and God has damned the country. Oh. I was just being a, a, a... I was just a, using hyperbole to kind of... I reckon uh, God... I was using hyperbole. I'm, I'm comfortable to lock in the fact that God has damned at least 130 of those countries. But I reckon <laughs> there might be somewhere between 25 and 30 countries that are yet to be damned by God. Who hasn't been? Like, Scandinavian Scandinavia, countries, yeah. right? They're all... <laughs> the been, Scandinavian yeah. countries... <laughs> So be the big winner this holiday season with a gift from Movement. You get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movement.com slash TOEFOP. That's movement.com slash TOEFOP. And that last part's pretty important because uh, if you want to support the show and you want to get a gift, this is the best way to do it. This is a two for one. You're going to help out your mates, your old pals, Will and Charlie. <laughs> and you're also going to get a gift for one of your loved ones. So two birds, one stone and all that. Type in movement.com slash TOEFOP and we'll join the movement. Uh, yeah, so sounds her thing. So I sort of was like, okay, I said, I said, look, I understand. I said, but I spoke to your husband slash flatmate last week and told him about this, you know. How do you refer like, to uh, him, by the way, when you say that to her? Because you can't say husband slash flatmate to her. So what are you saying? I just, by his name. I refer okay. by his name. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and so she was, she was like, well, you know, that's the, that, that, that doesn't matter. I'm the one who's here today. I'm like, yeah, okay. Look, I said, maybe I should, I didn't know you were going to be working today. I, I assume talking to one person in the business would mean that both people in the business would know that. And she's like, well, I'm showing someone around today and I've got one of my, uh, you know, staff are coming in and they're going to be at the back and they won't be able to concentrate. And I said, the person, you mean the person who works out back in the, in the workshop where they're around machinery all day, that they're going to have a problem with another bit of machinery running. Like it just made no sense. Right. But this is the kind of personality you're dealing with where it's like, there's no way to kind of win this. And then she was like, yeah. And if she doesn't work, then, you know, I'm, I'm paying her $40 an hour. And I said, okay. I said, how about this? I said, I'll come down at 11 when they arrive and we'll get everything hooked up. If it is too loud and your employee has a problem with it, I'll cover the half hour. I'll give you 20 bucks to cover the, you know, the 40 bucks an hour you're paying it. How does that sound? And she was like, well, and I said, look, I said, I don't want to make this an issue. I said, let's just be reasonable about it. We'll just test it all out. I said, I've done this before. I said, six months ago, we got the carpets clean during business hours and it was not a problem. So I'm sure it won't be a problem today. Okay. So I walk away thinking, well, you know, I went in diplomatically, everything will be fine. Well, everything should be fine because that is just a perfectly reasonable like scenario that you have sketched out. There is just no possible reason that anybody could actually have a problem with what you're describing. Well, the thing is too, like the, the issue about the noise, this apartment building is on a busy road that has four or five bus routes. There is constant noise, not to mention the fact that her business is attached to a workshop, which has machinery running all the time. <laughs> like the noise that we're going to generate is not going to be that much louder than anything else that is coming from the street. It's just a ridiculous kind of statement. Anyway. Maybe the so problem the is that it's actually specific noise, not white noise, like all that heavy machinery. So like she's kind of like got, she can hear, like when it's like a heavy noise, like a bus going by or like the the uh, the machinery working, mm. that that's kind of enough of a bold noise that it kind of has a white noise effect. Whereas it's these specific sort of, you know, um, other things that cut through. A, no- a noise that she's not used to. Yeah. But like people fucking all the, before all the sounds. <laughs> <laughs> the noise that she would have heard today was the sound of a generator, which sounds exactly like the pneumatic pump that they use to do run their business. And, no, that's a good point. You know, not not much louder than the buses that low gear up the hill to get past this building. Anyway, so the guys. It's also arrived. just an incredibly weird place for someone who has such a sensitive to no- like if she is indeed sensitive oh. to noise, then why are you like living and working around so much noise? It makes no sense. Well, when they left the apartment underneath this, when they moved out um, and the landlord came in to sort of like clean it up and stuff, we went downstairs because I was like, maybe they're right. Like maybe it's just like the design of this building is like a giant amplifier. But I got Jem to stomp around upstairs while I was in the apartment. It's like, it's not that loud. Like if anything, there is more noise coming in from the windows that face the street than there is from above. Like it is to me... It's specifically about control. Like it is not about the noise. It is about someone who's territorial and a bit of a narcissist and everything has to be on their terms. Because in the whole time that she's been a neighbor, there has been no compromise or generosity on her part. Like I feel like I have, we as, as neighbors have given everything, conceded everything, gone out of our way to make sure that, you know, they feel comfortable that they're aware of what's going on you know we're good people we're not assholes but it's weird to sort of do that apart from the uh, brothel that you're running 
keeping them up all night <laughs> with your horny friends. Yeah, apart from the horniness. <laughs> but we weren't even there for that. <laughs> yeah, that's how you really had to get Jem to test out if you could hear the noise. You're like, I'll stand down here if you could have sex for four hours and I'll just see how it sounds. Wait a minute. Who is that guy? <laughs> uh, so the guys arrive and um, uh, we go in and we hook up the, the hose and they run it up the stairs. And so they start the cleaning. Oh, no, they don't even get started before I hear her out having a go at him. So uh, I'm a bit sort of stressed out because Jem's getting the baby to take the baby out. So she's not in the house with the chemicals and stuff. So, you know, it's that morning thing where you're like trying to do a million things at once. And I can also hear these. And these guys are lovely. They don't need to be yelled at. So these guys arrive. I hear having a go at them. So I, I go downstairs. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, well, we just spoke like an hour ago. I thought the idea was we're going to just like mm. see how it goes and start up the engine and see if your employee finds it too loud. And she's like... I'm showing around someone today and, you know, they're interested in buying my business and, you know, this is, this could put my, the, the sale in jeopardy. I'm like, I said, the guy's the knows that this is a temporary thing. Like, I don't think any prospective buyer of your business is going to be put off by the fact that there is essentially a road crew doing work. Like, no, no, no. They'll be there and they'll be like, I assume that will be happening for the entire time I have a business. <laughs> I assume that this is exactly how this building operates at all times. And the apartment above is constantly getting its carpet cleaned. Carpets clean nonstop. So I kind of, um, I've sort of got, uh, Gemma comes out with a baby and I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't want this going on. So Gem again is doing her diplomatic thing. It's like, hey, look, you know, this is what's going on. You know, before Junior passed away, he was really sick and we just need to make sure that that apartment's clean because we've got the baby and stuff. And was just being like reasonable, you know, reasonable. But also, but also it's half an hour, Charlie. Human... I don't care if you're doing something unreasonable for half an hour. If you come down and say, I am going to, I have to do like a, your sacrifice of a whole bunch of live chickens in my apartment to appease my God, it'll take about 28 minutes. I'm like, sweet, knock yourself out. As long as like, I'll just listen to a podcast or something for half an hour. Here's the thing that I've noticed about once you have a baby is pregnant ladies and people with babies, society has also agreed that they are kind of like uh, off limits. Like as soon as they enter the fray, no matter what your issue is, you back off because it's yeah. like, all right, precious new life. Like two days before Jim gave birth, she uh, went to get a massage as a, a masseuse around the corner for, for pregnant ladies. And I was in the kitchen making lunch and I hear, I see Jem crossing the road and she was really heavy, obviously, at that stage. And she didn't cross at the intersection because the street was empty. She, it was closer for her to cross just from our gate to cross the street. And as she's waddling across the road, this car comes speeding up over the hill. And rather than slow down and be like, okay, obviously that lady's crossing the road at the closest point to, you know, where the roads meet, this person like honks her. <laughs> and I just see Jem turn around and be like, fuck you like i'm pregnant like why are you breaking the unspoken rule of society you know like th that is just isn't that one of the the things that we're like you don't honk pregnant ladies trying to cross the road absolutely we've all agreed about that and old people on walking frames pregnant ladies yes. and anyone who has a walking frame take your time get across the road we'll all stop we've agreed as a society and the third one i'd add to that is people pushing prams so when Jem came down with the baby today, I was like, well, like you got whatever your issue is, as soon as you see the baby, you're going to be like, oh, guys, 
Okay. Lady with a baby. Yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah. yeah. Lady Trumps. with a baby. That's the Trump card. Yeah. Plus, like, you know, the explanation made entirely made sense. Yeah, we had a sick animal in the house. We want to get the carpets cleaned so our new child doesn't get sick. Yeah, sorry. We Not wanted to enough. clean up, uh, you know, uh, where our dead dog was sick in our apartment. <laughs> so if you can't <laughs> yeah. spare half an hour of your precious fucking time so that we can clean up our house a little for our newborn child that we have... Fuck, I hate these people. I am, I am oh, really... I, you were really angry at the start of this podcast and I was like, I'll be Charlie's mate. I'll I'll calm him down. We'll, we'll get through this together. But instead, I am now fucking furious because look at your life situation at the moment. Cut you some fucking slack. You're trying to get your carpets cleaned like for half an hour. Shut the fuck up. Be a decent human being. Well, this is the thing and this is my dilemma because I have been really... I've been fuming because this is not even the end of it. And I was having that, I don't know if it's the Catholic in me or whatever it is, but I've been having this, like, well, I'll get to what happened. So <laughs> so she's like, essentially, fuck you, I don't care, slams the door in our face. So I say to the carpet cleaner guys, just go ahead, get the carpets cleaned, I will handle this. So they go and Jim leaves, they go up, they start cleaning the carpets. I go into the office to do a bit of work and I'm, <laughs> it was funny. The thought I had was like, because I knew something was going to happen and I was like, I'm just going to meditate for 10 minutes and I'm going to concentrate on responding and not reacting. I'm going to be civil and Christian in my response and understand that she's clearly suffers from mental health issues and that she doesn't interpret the world the same way I do and that what she probably needs now is a sympathetic ear rather than someone, you know, meeting aggression with aggression does not achieve anything. So anyway... Beautiful sentiments. I applaud you for your beautiful sentiments. <laughs> so, of course, before I even get into the meditation, the guy's like, oh, hey, mate, he's gone, I think your neighbor has unplugged the hose. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go down and sort this out. I go downstairs. Not only has she unplugged the hose, but she's unplugged the hose and locked the gate so we can't get back in to finish the job. And I say I mean, to the guy, how long... You've got to admire her boldness. There is a part of me that is warming back up to her just for the fact that she does not give a fuck. She would rather make a fuss that is inevitably going to end in the same thing fucking happening anyway and take up more of her time than she is to just let this simple thing happen for half an hour and be out of her life. Mate, not even that. I said to the guy, how much longer do you have to go? And he said, five minutes. So that's all. Like if she gave us five minutes, it would all be over. She wouldn't have to worry about this. So I go down and the guy's like, oh shit, he's like, um, the attachment for the hose, she ripped the hose out, but she left their special attachment and so you need to get that back. So I'm like, fuck. So I jump the fence, like I have to climb like over the fence, like a fucking teenager, jump the fence, like I land on their bin, knock their fucking bins over, create this huge racket. And I'm, I'm still trying to be like, you know, respond, don't react, respond, don't react. So I go down to the tap and I unplug the thing and she comes out and she, I think she gets halfway through a sentence. She, she's, she's about to say to me, how dare you? And I turn around and I was like, you are a fucking dried up nasty old bitch. I said, I have never met anyone who is more unlikable, more, uh, uh, more selfish. How, where is your compassion? Where is your soul? What happened to you? Why are you so fucked up? I said, I have had, 
I've I've lived all over Australia. I've never had a neighbour who is as terrible as you. You are just a horrible, horrible fucking person. <laughs> and she's like, I'm a horrible person. You know, who do you think you are? And I said, I spoke to your fucking husband slash housemate. I spoke to him. He had a week's notice to let us know if there was a problem. I said, I rang the landlord two days ago and spoke to him. He knew what was going on. The only person who ever has a problem is you. Why do you think that? Why do you think that? Do you, are you seeing the common denominator? Whenever there's an issue, who has the problem? It's you. You are the fucking problem. <laughs> so I turn around and see the poor carpet cleaner guys are just standing there with their hose. And I'm like, I just, I, I mean... It probably went on for another like minute, but I just, it was weird, man. Like I lost it completely. It's, it's been like four years, I think of, I just couldn't sit on it any longer. And it was weird because I mean, this is, and this is where I feel bad. I can see none of it is impacting. She's not taking a backward step. It's not making her rethink her life choices. It's what I see in her is she's used to this. Like she's used to this. She takes abuse because she obviously behaves like this all the time and people respond like I do, like that trade he did when he was on the roof. Like she's used to this. This is her natural state of being is that I just live my life my way. And so again, I don't want to give it too much credit, but if you do think about life from her perspective, she's in a constant state of combat, which is why, you know, when we first moved in, she was trying to dictate terms because it's like, I'm always sitting ground to people. They're coming at me from all angles. So I need to just fucking lay down some ground rules, right? So I just sort of like go through her and then I, I climb back over the fence and I'm talking to the, and the carpet cleaner guys are great. And I'm like, they're like, yeah, but to finish the job, we need a tap. And so I'm trying to work out where the fuck we can get a tap. And they say, well, I've looked over your fence, your next door neighbors, I could probably run the hose around there. And I was like, yeah, just do that. I'll go speak to them. So I walk around, knock on the neighbor's door. Yeah, sure. No problem. Go ahead. <laughs> Help yourself. Like, like it was, it, the contrast could have not been more stark. Like talking to a human being with a very simple, reasonable <laughs> request. Of course, go ahead. What you didn't even need to ask. Like that was the kind. Can of Can I response. make you a cup of tea? <laughs> yeah. Hey, neighbour. So they finish the job. They clear out. I sort of apologise to them. I'm like, I'm really sorry. You know, I didn't want to sort of drag you into that i thought everything was going to be okay that's why i asked ahead i anticipated that this might be a problem which is why i spoke to the husband slash housemate they're you know fine. for them it's a that's just something interesting that happened in their day oh they're that's exactly carpets, what the guy said you know what i mean they got a story now from yeah. like remember what happened today and that guy had a meltdown i think he's that guy from home and away and he had a meltdown well no he 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 definitely did, because then he asked for a photo for his daughter. <laughs> so he definitely recognised Oh, well, you've given him a great story about the guy from Home and Away who played a psychiatrist but had a fucking mental breakdown <laughs> with one of his neighbours yelling at an old Austrian lady. So um, I, those guys clear out, and Jem's at the cafe, so I, you know, I, I pack up the house and I go down to meet Jem, and walking there, I don't know what... I mean, I think you're actually... I know you don't like conflict. You avoid conflict where possible. I don't really yeah, like it too much probably. either. But I, sorry, too much probably. Like I think that like yeah, I, I will go out of my way to avoid conflict, and then on the rare occasions where I let myself snap, I probably yeah go a bit too hard in the opposite direction because you know you don't you don't like sometimes you go, I think that stuff's like a pressure cooker. You've got to, and maybe that's yeah. what happened to you today a bit, which is 
you haven't been letting out those little bits of steam along the way. So when it all comes out, you're just like, oh, this feels great. It feels great to finally oh. say what I've been thinking for this entire time. And now it turns out I've been constructing an essay, a, a Comedy Central style <laughs> Jeff Ross roast of my next door neighbor because I've never spoken more eloquently on any other subject other than my hatred for her as a neighbor. Well, in... As I was walking to the cafe, what it actually felt more like was that scene in the Dark Knight, the interrogation scene where Batman's throwing punches and the Joker's just like, look look at you with all your strength, you know, it doesn't affect me. That's what it felt like. I mean, I came here with all this aggression, but it was, it didn't change her point of view and didn't make, it made me feel better in the moment. But then when I walked away, I just was furious with myself for not being able to I mean, there have been occasions where I have, you know, encountered the same kind of unreasonable personality where I'm able to turn it to a game, which I really enjoy, where I will just keep a smile on my face and enjoy the fact that they're getting worked up while I'm holding center. Like, to me, that's, that's great. Like, when you can do that, it becomes fun. You know, you don't get sucked into it. It all just becomes a bit silly. And the more worked up they get, the more power you have. And so that's what I kind of... You know, if I was going to react in any way, I wanted it to be that, but I didn't. And I just let all that fucking darkness and bile out. And so I get to the cafe. Well, you, you know, the thing I would say, if we're trying to be like sympathetic towards her in this situation, I think what you've said about the defense that she would have up around her is probably very true. And it seems to me that the common theme of things that have been upsetting her have been people having fun, you know, like people having a party, people having sex you know, the dog, you know, people having a dog and a baby and like things that are fun and about life. And if she feels that life has, you know, not been kind to her or that she, why do other people get all these, you know, fun times when she's not having fun times or whatever? Like it seems to be, it's not noise, like you said, because the machinery and these sort of things, it's more about the idea of other people like living their lives. There's some sort of anger towards that. Mm. So that feels like, yeah, somebody's been hurt at some stage. yeah, I look, I mean, I, I definitely think it's something along those lines because it's the incredible selfishness and the inability to see beyond her own experience. Like to me, that that suggests something has happened or a series of things have happened to her where she cannot let go of her own pain. So I get to the cafe and I sit down with Jem and I tell her what happened. And I said, I just like, because I was still had all that adrenaline and I just, but I was feeling guilty. I was feeling regret. I was like, she's a fucking middle-aged lady. You know, she clearly is incapable of reason. You know, I should have been the bigger man. I should have, I understood what was going to happen, but I just allowed myself, I let, you know. And Jem's like, look, it's going to happen from time to time. You shouldn't beat yourself up about that. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And I sort of, I, I started to kind of like let go of it. <laughs> and then she walks into the cafe <laughs> Like, just coincidentally, she didn't follow me. Like, she followed my friend. She went to get a coffee and she was with her friend. And so I see her and I'm like, Jam, like, because I can just feel the fucking heat rising again, you know, like Bruce Banner style. And I'm like, Jam, I said, I just, you know, and Jim's like, it's fine. Jim said, I would like to go talk to them. I'm like, no, don't you talk to them because if I fucking see her ever go at you, then I might even just fucking kick her through that window. <laughs> So, but Jem's like, no, no, I just want to go over and Jem again being the reasonable diplomatic yeah, but, one. But so, Charlie, you don't don't understand. You don't understand. The, the, you know, Jem's a woman with a baby, but this woman doesn't respect the natural laws of society. <laughs> I know, I know. So Jem goes over and again, just sort of 
re- I, she's like, no, I, the gist of it was, look, I understand you and Charlie had words. Just to reiterate, like, sorry that it inconvenienced you, but our priority was the kid, you know, this cleaner was booked up for the next month. If we didn't get it done now, we weren't going to get it done to the new year. We're really sorry that, you know, it inconvenienced you, but, you know, um, we sort of really had a choice and we thought we did the right thing, you know, so completely. No, you got a baby in your arms. She just went her again. And I was like, fuck it. So I'm out of the chair again and I'm over there. But this time I'm trying to exercise from the center. So I didn't go over aggressive and fuck you, fuck this, fuck that. I went over a big smile on my face. was like, hey, great. Okay, we're still talking about this. Let's go. And I feel sorry for, she had a friend with her this time. She'd obviously pulled, called her friend to complain about me and let's go have a coffee and fucking talk about it. And her friend was this meek old lady, you know, <laughs> sitting opposite them and made the mistake of like having an opinion. Like we were talking and then she goes to say something and we just both turned her and said, excuse me, who are you? I'm sorry, why does your opinion count? Oh, you're going off what she told you? Okay, let me tell you about your friend. She's fucking crazy. <laughs> and so it just became this thing again where we didn't lose, we didn't raise our voices. It didn't get aggressive, but we just were, I was just like, I said, you've got to understand. I said, the whole time we've lived in this building, all you've done is complain. And I said, and we've bent over backwards been over backwards to make sure that we've been good neighbors to you. We've never tried to inconvenience you. I said, but you complain about everything. And then Gemma's gone, clearly you have an issue with sound. That seems to be this thing that always uh, uh, annoys you. She's gone, it might be something you want to look at. She's gone, you know, maybe. And she cut us off and she's like, maybe you should see a psychologist. And we're like, yeah, yeah, because maybe there'll be some help out there for you. And then her friend was like, I don't think this is appropriate conversation. And we're like, again, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no one asked you for your opinion. And it got to the point where it's like, look, we just want everyone to have a Merry Christmas. The carpet's done now. Let's just move on from this. And then that was it. Then she got up and she just sort of stormed out. She didn't even finish her, her meal. She just stormed out. But it just kind of, I, I came back and I was like, that was exhausting. You know, like just living with that kind of, um, well, I guess the adrenaline, when the adrenaline burns off, but it's like, Knowing that you're not going to get a result from it, you know, that I mean about the the interview scene from The Dark Knight, knowing that all that, all you can, you can approach it from any angle. You can be reasoned and logical. You can be, you know, scary and intimidating. Because that was the other thing. Then she started trying to accuse me of intimidation. And I'm like, lady, you intimidate me, like with all your fucking requests. Like you don't think you're doing it because you're being passive aggressive about it, but it's still the same fucking thing. You were trying to be territorial about this fucking place in which we are both equal stakeholders. I, it's not a fun feeling, regardless of whether you're right or wrong. It's not a fun feeling to, to be in that situation. I had an incident actually this week um, where we went to this regular little sort of grocer we go to where they do sort of juice, you know, they have a little juice bar connected to it. So it's like one of those places that's like a boutique sort of grocery store. Um, but on the corner it has like a little, you know, juice bar and there's some tables and stuff there and you can sort of take the dogs to the edge of the tables and just tie them up around or one of us will sit on the edge of the table with the dogs and the other will go in and get us a juice. So we go to the end table where sometimes there's some newspapers and stuff and there's like a, I would have said like maybe a quarter of a coffee, but with an empty, the lid somewhere else, 
the coffee thing like is just in a takeaway cup. It looks like somebody has been yeah. reading the papers and then just left and they've left like, you know, the remnants of what they were doing. So I sit down on the corner like I always do and I start flipping through the papers and then suddenly this old guy appears behind me and he goes, are you jumping someone's grave that quick, would you? And I was like, what? <laughs> and so suddenly I realized, luckily my brain is actually working quickly enough on this day to realize what he's referring to is that it must have been his papers and stuff that were still there and he's just like ducked oh, off to the bathroom right. or something. So luckily I've actually put that together because on other days I would not have put it together so quickly. So I turn around because this guy is just like starting to go me really badly. Like he's starting to go, well, clearly my coffee cup was on top of it and what are you doing? And like genuinely I've done nothing that anyone should really take offense at. It looked like the sort of thing that at the edge of this cafe, there were some papers. I was sitting in a spot where nobody was. There wasn't really sort of any evidence. He goes, well, the coffee was on top of the papers. And I, I was like, but you can see that I would. That's not. Like, it doesn't really, it's not a cup, cup from the cafe. That's not the, that, that's not the universal sign for this table is occupied. I've never no. heard anyone say, you put your coffee on the papers and that way people know. You put your, yeah. the accepted ones is you put your jacket or jumper on the back of a chair. Yeah. You leave out your keys or your phone on the table. Exactly. But coffee on the newspaper. That's an old man's version of it, clearly. Well, also, it was like it was no more than a quarter of a cup of coffee. So it was definitely in the zone, that, like a, an unknowing. It looked empty. What's more likely that I have misinterpreted that situation or that I've gone, here's an opportunity? I can have a quarter of a cup of cold coffee and, and get some free news. But even more than that, the only explanation when he comes out of the bathroom and sees someone sitting in this chair, the only explanation is this person has misunderstood the situation and sat down in an empty chair. Because the only other explanation is he thinks that you deliberately waited for him to go so you could steal his seat and that you were planning to yeah. deny it or something. Like I've been planning ridiculous... this job from prison for months. <laughs> yeah. You rip open your shirt, you've just got like schematics of the cafe all over your body. There's a tiny Asian gymnast in the vent above us. <laughs> um so yeah no he um so anyway all this is happening and then i turn around and he's an old dude on an electric scooter and he looks like he's right. clearly someone whose life again a bit like your neighbor you immediately recognize that his anger is less at me in this particular situation that to any reasonable person would but yeah like you said would be obviously interpreted as being a misunderstanding at worst uh, you know, nothing more malicious than that, but he's taken it as some great affront to him. And there was just that a sense that he looks at life like that, that everyone is trying to like, you know, that he doesn't look for the reasonable and innocent explanation of things. He looks like that it is being done for the worst amount of, of hurt. So regardless of me not having done anything wrong in that situation, I, I felt terrible for ages after that, mostly just for him. <laughs> Like a little bit for like, just it's, you know, when you get accused of something you didn't do, it's always, you feel a little aggrieved, but more, it was just like, I was thinking about it afterwards was like, ah, this poor bloke, he just looked angry about everything and clearly life had not been, you know, kind to him. And now here I am being an asshole coming into the cafe, moving his quarter of a cup of coffee. But you didn't actually do anything. I no. mean, you had nothing. I felt bad because I actually like went off the handle at her. That was, 
you know, that was the kind of issue. Well, I did the opposite. I said sorry, but then I had to kind of stay in that area because I had the dogs and I was waiting for Amy. And so I was kind of near him still and he started reading his papers again and he was clearly still upset. So I said sorry again. And then I said, like, sorry a third time. I said, mate, honestly, it was just a giant misunderstanding. I'm absolutely sorry if you... You know, if it's come across any other way. But like like you said, Charlie, I didn't drink his coffee. The newspapers were all still there. I had moved immediately out of the way when I realized he was sitting in his seat. Not only had the initial situation been one that clearly was a misunderstanding, but I had done I had taken every single reasonable step on finding out that that was not the situation to immediately extract myself from that situation. And I hadn't even moved the newspapers from the page he was like there was there was no harm done i was being completely reasonable so i say sorry for the fourth time and he just snaps at me again he goes stop saying stop, stop saying fucking sorry and i'm like oh okay well what was his what do you think his ideal outcome was what what could you have done nothing reverse nothing. time and it not have happened <laughs> that is the only thing that i could possibly do it's, I was like, sir, almost, I apologize. Luckily, I have this PIMS particle on hand and I can now travel back in time and make sure this event never happens. <laughs> you basically encountered a real life version of Twitter. I mean, that's basically what happened. Someone canceled you for a clear misunderstanding and left you no recourse. There was no way you could make it right. You could restate your position a hundred times. He just decided that Will Anderson is cancelled. Dirty seat stealer Will Anderson is cancelled. And there was a part of me that when I suddenly realised that, you know, there's this angry guy, like even though you've done nothing wrong, there's this angry guy now just kind of in your zone. I yeah, it's I I mean, and yours obviously is a much bigger thing than that. But just that feeling alone, even talking about it now, I I it's I think it's totally natural for you to be three hours later, four hours later, still processing all the different feelings that you would have about that. Because I think it is like a big deal. We all kind of work on this, you know, unspoken social contract that if we're all going to live within each other's spaces, then we, you know, have to sort of you know, do that the best we possibly can. And when that breaks down in such a such a vicious way, it's quite confronting. Well, I also think too that by and large, at least in the circles I move in, people are polite, even strangers. Like, you know, people will uh, be conscious of other people around them and most people will make an effort to, you know, give you the benefit of the doubt or, or be generous with their time or be generous with their, you know, their resources or whatever. It's always such an affront and that's what I, that's how I feel. Like, you know, I would, you know, death before discourtesy. I would rather put myself at a disadvantage than, you know, uh, make someone else feel bad. I just, that's the position I operate from. So when you meet people who not only do not abide by that rule, but take advantage of it, I think that's the other thing that kind of gets my goat is that I feel, I feel like, I feel like I, I, my, my good nature has been taken advantage of. I feel like I'm an incredibly reasonable person you know, I don't often lose my cool. Like I, I like to keep my head. And for me to get pushed to that point requires an, an incredible amount of provocation. You know, <laughs> like it really just feels like I, I would see my my um older brother. Maybe it is. Dad. Maybe it is a Joker style thing. Maybe the whole time she's like, you know, she, some women just want to watch the world burn. And maybe since I think she's moved in, she's like, that guy seems to be a bit too affable for me. His life seems to be a bit too nice and I'm going to make it my personal. Oh, that's a good movie. 
somebody who just moves in and is so offended by your good life. It's what's well, kind of I think it's been done a few times, but is that idea of just trying to destroy it's somebody Ned, else's perfect life? It's the Ned Fla- it's the Ned Flanders of it all, isn't it? Yeah. Fuck you with your sunny disposition and your perfect family and all that kind of shit. <laughs> Fuck you. I mean, the thing is, though, I like I've even you know her business. I've even like engaged her. I've paid her to you know for her services and stuff. I've tried everything to kind of like make this a relationship. Like you know, you sort of develop relationships with the people where if you if you fall if you work on that relationship, you then are given some leeway from time to time when you need to access a tap or get half an hour to clean your carpets or whatever. You know what I mean? That's what I think. That's where the transaction has been. I've been shortchanged is that I have worked very hard to engage her on every kind of level, personally, professionally, all this kind of stuff. And all of it didn't mean shit in the end. You know, all of it was not even worth half an hour's time. So fuck you. <laughs> My blood's boiling again. Let's uh, finish up on this today. Yeah. Um, uh, Mike Hal has posted a link to an article based on something that I said uh, back early in the podcast, which is that it's not against the law to have, loud sex uh i am going to about to read from an article from cosmopolitan uh, magazine by eve pisa 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 um loud sex is cool but when it's so loud it shakes your neighbor's furniture maybe it's time to take it down a notch <laughs> amanda warfel 25 pleaded guilty to disorderly conduct for having sex too loud she was apparently so loud that a neighbour had to give her children headphones so they could sleep. Her neighbours, Tanya Saylor, her terminally ill husband, no. no. Again, that's one of those, like, woman with a baby. Terminally ill husband. Yeah. Uh, and their yeah, five stop, children. Stop bonking so loud. Oh, hang on. And their five children, one of whom has cancer. So they've got a kid oh. with cancer and they've got she's got a terminally ill husband. So... I feel, ladies and gentlemen, I'm no fancy big city lawyer, but I feel like who's going to win this case? (laughs) Um, Told the York Daily Record, they've been dealing with the noise for two years. Okay, okay. so so for two years, they've tried to find other solutions, headphones for the kids and these sort of things, but they've been going through some troubles. And finally, they've just gone, this has got to end. When it first happened, they knocked on her door and asked her to quiet down. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, But Warful would not stop. In fact, she'd taunt her neighbor's daughters by describing the acts loudly enough for the girls to hear. Okay, this is getting weird. (laughs) Oh, hang on. (laughs) She would also scream out the names of Sailor's daughters in the midst of her sex and call out threats to the family. All right. I mean, this is completely different <laughs> to what happened at my place. I'm pretty uh, sure. Uh, maybe uh, I, I'm going to burn you her in your apology. Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. A murdergasm. Uh, when Sailor's daughter was going through cancer treatment that required her to stay in her room for 10 days, Warfel had sex nonstop, making sure that my daughter heard. Um, she, she harassed my kids for two years. We let it go for two years. I mean, it feels like they've given her well and truly enough time, two years, based on uh, her orgasming by screaming that she's going to pull it, put a pillow over her children's face. Um, I shouldn't have let it go that long. I should have started calling the police a year ago. Well, still, that's still 12 months, quite reasonable. Yeah, that seems a lot. 
Yeah. I mean, that strays into different territory. The uh, calling out your children's name, that, mm. that's, that's, that, that's some weird twisted shit going yeah. on there. <laughs> um, all right. Should we... We've got time for letters or should we just wrap it up? Oh, yeah, no, we can do a, a couple episode. of letters. We've got time for letters? Yeah. All right, cool. Letters. So we're into um, the end of October <laughs> uh, to our regular uh, Gmail, which is good. So we're slowly catching up on uh, where we need to be. Uh, this first message is from, this is from Zach. Hey, Tofop. If this gets read, I don't care if you use my surname or not. People make fun of my name all the time. His name is Zach Morris. Um, Zach Morris. Why would that be? Why would that be the sort of thing? Popular 90s sitcom. Oh, was there a, who was Zach Morris? Who was Zach Morris in the popular 90s sitcom? I mean, if I screeched his name at you. Oh, is his name Zach know. Morris? Screech. No. <laughs> no, Zach Morris was the other guy. Zach Morris was the handsome, not Screech. Zach oh, Morris was the non The blonde head guy? Yeah. Okay. The NYPD blue guy. Is that the oh, NYPD blue? Oh, yes. I forgot he was in NYPD blue. Is that right, Michael? Can you check? Oh, hang on. Is no, that, was that Ricky was Schroeder? Zach... Ricky Schroeder was in oh. NYPD Jean-Paul Mark Gosler. Was he Zach Morris in Saved by the Bell? Yes. Oh, I called him Jean-Paul Mark Gosler. <laughs> Mark Paul Gosler. I thought that there was a couple of extra ones there, but Mark Paul, hang on. He, actually, oh, sorry, there's an ad for maybe later, Wikipedia. Um, oh, don't. Oh, hang on. Don't send me an email reminder. I need to read this thing about. Uh, Mark uh, Paul Harry Gosler is an American actor, best known for Zach Morris since Saved by the Bell. There you go. Detective John Clark Jr. in NYPD Blue. That's right. I knew he was in something like that, but he wasn't peroxide blonde in my petty blue. I think he went, dyed his hair blue. <laughs> uh, just wanted to write in and say thank you for making the days at work in the factory more bearable. Well, this is good. We put the call out, not that he would have heard it because this was sent in October, but we did put the call out saying we have a lot of doctors who listen to Australia's number one medical podcast. Sorry, actually number one podcast with medical professionals. But what other industries? Are there any tradies? And we did have a few people get in contact with us to say they do listen to TOEFOP on the work site, but it seems that people listen to it through headphones on a work site. There are no, like, uh, there's no um, um, uh, speakers playing, blaring out TOEFOP on work No sites. ghetto blaster. Um, I've listened to every episode from start to current. I've had a lot of time at work to not pay attention to anything but randomness that comes from you guys. I'm a big fan of anything Aussie or British, and I've watched a lot of TV from over there. I don't watch anything American on TV anymore, really. So again, thank you guys for the awesome free content. I decided to donate to Patreon at the $20 level because you guys are worth it. Thank you, Zach. It's thank worth you, Zach. Uh, pointing out that if you want to support the show, you want to be like Zach, you can go to patreon.com forward slash tofop. And you can support us from any level, from as low as a dollar, up to 20 bucks if you want, up to 50 bucks if you want, up to 100 bucks. I don't believe there is a limit on how much you can donate. So what basically happens is it's like crowdfunding. You uh, pledge amount and each month that gets deducted from your credit card or your bank account and it goes to us so we can help keep the show on air. And Will, what can people find when they go to Patreon? Oh, there's so much good stuff there. We put up bonus episodes of the podcast, uh, you know, so episodes that are, uh, you'll get to hear often weeks or months in advance of them going up on the major stream. There is a awesome, James, all James Fosdyke's awesome art, but in particular Quantum Cop, which is a comic book that uh, uh, Charlie and James have done together. Uh, what else is up there, Charlie? 
There's Everyone Relax Strip, which is uh, another comic inspired by the conversations of Tofop. There's Q&A videos. There's behind-the-scenes photos, artwork, a whole bunch of great stuff. So it's worth going on to Patreon, and we're updating it all the time. Um, thanks for writing in, Zach, and you will be having a book sent to you eventually once I uh, catch up on how many. Because if you sign up the $20 level, you get a Tofop 100 book. Uh, this is from Simon. Hey, Tofop. I can empathize with Charlie not being able to win at go-karts. I don't remember having that conversation, but I guess we did. <laughs> In my case, it's because I'm a prick when I've been drinking. I know little to nothing about engines, but on go-karts, there's a throttle-type lever on or under the engine, which the go-kart workers can use, which makes an individual go-kart faster or slower, regardless of how hard you press on the accelerator. In general, A, if you've got five-plus go-karts, the levers will probably be all set differently and B, that lever might be the only control the employee has over anyone. So they wield it like a road worker's lollipop sign. How about that? Blowing the lid off the go-kart industry. I am fascinated by this. So each of the cars is, is not necessarily set at the exact same speed. So much like the Formula mm. 1 Grand Prix, you just might be a good driver in a shittier car and the fact shittier that you're car. losing all the time. Yeah. In fact, so if you're doing go-kart races... What people should do is every lap have to swap cars. Well, Simon says, either way, don't take over the groom on an amber light or while there's kids on the course, no matter how drunk you might be. <laughs> or perhaps just slip the attendant $50 before the race, which I think is probably the most effective way to make sure you get a fast car. Catherine writes in, hey guys, my cat passed away two months ago and the podcast is really hitting a nerve. My big tough guy, Fatso, was a mature rescue cat who was a legend with attitude who eventually loved me. I'll be getting another cat soon. Living without an animal is shithouse. Stick the name, chatter, will ya? Lol. Catherine. Um, I've been having some good... Let's talk about... Go on. No, I was going to say, let's talk about dying pets. Well, let's hope so. Touch wood. Let's, let's hope that that's not a topic that we have to deal with again for a while. But uh, I've been having some uh, very good animal time of late. And uh, good. This, the dogs and uh, church are all just in a really good in sync at the moment, which is, you know, just when you're, every, you're in a band, yeah, you're in a boy in band, NSYNC. they're Amazing. doing a reboot of NSYNC with the three of them playing Justin Timberlake, <laughs> basically Ramona on Winnie's shoulders and then church on the top. They just do ju Justin Timberlake's part with all the other original members of NSYNC. <laughs> it's good. Nick, right? Nick writes in, hey guys, love the show. Look forward to listening every time I see an episode. I don't have much to say, but just really wanted to say thanks for the last couple of episodes where you talked about Junior. I think it's really beautiful that Charlie is trying to make the most of the time they have together and really admire the love that Charlie has for Junior. I recently had to go through the loss of my dog Wilson on uh, Saturday, which is back in uh, October, and I'm finding it really hard. Hearing you guys talk about it has helped me knowing that I'm not the only one going through something like this. Uh, thanks a lot, you legends. I'm not looking to get a shout-out. Just wanted to let you guys know I really appreciate it. However, if you do want to read it out in the show, could you please not say my last name? I didn't, so <laughs> request fulfilled. It is good. The one thing, one of the good things that's come out of uh, losing Junior is the amount of uh, people who have contacted me. I'm getting a lot of uh, dog videos, which has mm -hmm. been great. A lot of people sending photos of their dogs. So if you feel so inclined to send me a photo of your dog wearing a silly costume or trying to attempting to speak, like I'm not sure if you know, Will, but uh, Junior could say the word sausages. Clearly, Rossages. said the word sausages. Said the word sausages so <laughs> once. 
said the word sausages. So if you think your dog can talk, send yeah. me a video of it. If you, uh, this is from Jen. And, and what it, we'll find out is that your dog also can't say sausages. If you have a video of your dog saying sausages, so I can prove to Charlie that that's all Junior ever said, you know what? I'm not here to rain on your parade. We all know the truth. Rossages. <laughs> hey, Will and Charlie, here's another tantalizing TOEFOP tidbit. So I'm sort of messaging you from the past, kind of. So sorry if you don't use that tantalizing TOEFOP tidbit thing anymore. Uh, you are at the uh, you are at the point. Uh, so if you don't use that at the point, um, you're up to here reading this out. Anyway, I've listened to TOEFOP since the start. However, I had a big gap after the home and away break where I didn't realize you started again. Then I had a child. I've read this out already. Then I had a child which severely impacted my ability to listen again regularly. So I picked up where I left off and I'm slowly making my way through to catch up. I'm currently up to episode 224, which is around the time Charlie's bin problems were fixed. Wow, God, um, I long for the days where I had bin problems. I mean, back when that was the biggest stress I had in my life. Jeez, one of the salad days. I wish someone would steal my bin. Your neighbours do um, uh, actually provide a lot of content for the show. I will say that. <laughs> Um, up at the, the, the time Charlie's bin problems were fixed, uh, by some, but some dude then dumped Ivy near the new bin and then mysteriously disappeared again, presumably by the guy who dumped it, but who knows? I think the most logical solution to the question is that the dumper was a teabagger upon hearing your plans to detective the shit out of it, uh, uh, the Ivy got worried and cleaned it up. Well, uh, good theory. It turns out it was a teabagger, but not the person who dumped it. It turns out to be a teabagger who terrifyingly was able to work out where I lived from the information I've given away on this show, drove past my place with his uh, gardening business and cleaned up the ivy for him. And so far, that seems to be all the contact we've had. And, and that's and that's good for me. And if there is anyone playing the Where Does Charlie Live Tofop game, if you now walk into a shop and the woman who runs the shop is absolutely horrible to you, look up. It's probably Charlie's place. <laughs> I think the most logical solution is it's, uh, it's a teabagger who got scared. Um, and that would explain why the boxes got taken too, seeing uh, you mentioned a bunch of times in all the bin Ivy dramas. No idea if this is fact has already been cleared up in future episodes. It has. Or even if you use these <laughs> on the show anymore. I we guess do. I have to keep plowing through to catch up and find out. Well, you're going to get a lovely surprise when you get to episode two, 273 or whatever this one is, 274. Thank you for the hours <laughs> of hilarious entertainment, Jen. Do you want to do a Patreon before you go? Yeah. Let's give away a sticker pack. As we uh, said on the show last week, running low, only seven more to give away, Will. Um, so if you are desperate for a sticker pack, need to write in soon because you'll be con hotly contested. I think we this have This is like when Elaine was working Patreon. out if people were sponge worthy or not, Charlie. We, we're going to work out whether you're sticker, sticker worthy. Th that's right. All right, here we go. For some reason, I can't access up my iPad, so I've had to go to my phone. Here we go. This is from Lockie. Hi, Charlie and Will. I've been loving your coverage of the Keanu-verse and how every film of his is part of the Matrix. I think I've found another film of Keanu's that fits almost too perfectly into the world of the Matrix. Here's a link to Johnny Mnemonic. Fun fact about this film that is featured in the wiki is that it's the last film, uh, is that the last film podcast favourite Dolph Lundgren appeared in before The Expendables, right. So the last film, Dolph, that can't be right. I'm sure Dolph appeared in other films between Johnny Mnemonic, which is in the 90s, and Expendables. I think they all went straight to video, though. Oh, is that what he means? Like the last theatrically released film Maybe. that Dolph appeared in. Um, uh, I loved Lessons for Life. 
I found it to have a hilarious Russell Coit type vibe, and I hope there's more to come. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. If you want to check out a bunch of uh, TOEFOP related video, you can go to TOEFOP TV at YouTube. Uh, there's Lessons for Life, our web series. There's also a bunch of clips from the show. Um, Oh, that's the other thing we mentioned on Patreon. If you want to see full episodes of this show, you can sign up to Patreon where we upload full episodes of some things we record. Um, I'm just getting a text from my wife telling me I need to finish the show because she needs to jump on a work call and I've got to take the baby. So guess what, Lockie? You're getting a goddamn sticker pack. <laughs> it's that easy. Time is your friend. Only six to go. You last 40 remaining Patreon letter writers. So sorry about that. Here's the trick. Give me something to talk about for over an hour on this show and then make sure you're the next letter read. You're going to win yourself a sticker pack. Um, all right. Anything to promote, Will? Yeah, I've got a whole bunch of shows on sale. So comedy.com.au, go to the links there and uh, find out what show I'm bringing to you. But I've just announced a heap of shows all over Australia. So um, uh, yeah, check them out. Buy some tickets. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs> This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you.